Craig Brown and welcome to Passages. Passages is a space to explore Bible passages used in churches for preaching, reflection, and prayer. My hope is that Passages will shine a unique light on text used in the lectionary in the coming weeks. Today's passage is Acts chapter 5, verses 27 to 32. It's the reading for the second Sunday of Easter in the year C cycle of the lectionary. It happens to be one of the scripture texts for April 24, 2022. This particular passage in the book of Acts in the lectionary uh, doesn't provide a lot of background for you uh, as you hear that particular text read in a church for worship on that Sunday, nor does it offer you very much about what happens after this conversation. So this is one of those episodes in the lectionary where you have a segment of scriptures, segment of scripture that's lifted a little bit out of its context, and we're going to have to try to make meaning of it without knowing the rest of the story. So let's start by talking about the story that gets to this story, the story that comes before this in Acts chapter 5. Now, earlier in this chapter and the chapter before chapter 4, the apostle Peter was preaching in Jerusalem about Jesus. Now, the book of Acts is set after the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. And Acts opens with the ascension of Jesus, and then 10 days later, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the church on the day of Pentecost. So it's after this day of Pentecost, when the the Holy Spirit falls upon the church, that Peter is preaching in Jerusalem about Jesus. Uh, the ruling council of Jewish authorities is called the Sanhedrin. And this ruling council hears about Peter preaching in the name of Jesus. And so they arrest Peter and his other companions. And after arresting them, rather than keeping them in prison or beating them or punishing them in some other form, they simply give them a warning. And the warning is to not engage in any further preaching in the name of Jesus. Now, at the time, Peter makes sure the Sanhedrin understand that They cannot help but tell other people what they've seen and heard. So there's a sense in Acts that Peter is going to eventually defy what the Jewish ruling council has asked him to do. So as the story unfolds, then with no preaching whatsoever, Peter begins moving in and out of the temple area in the city of Jerusalem. And as he does, his shadow falls on people. And when his shadow falls on people who were sick or infirmed, they would be healed. And so the way Acts tells the story is that as Peter's walking about, his shadow is healing people. So people are starting to bring out the the sick and the lame and the people who've really struggled with various ailments and laying them on the street so that Peter's shadow might be cast on them. So it's it's creating quite a, a stir in the city. And so the leader of the Sanhedrin, who's the high priest, along with the other leaders, they were filled with a sense of jealousy about what was going on, that all of this sensation is arising about Peter's ministry and the healings that that are happening through him. And so the Sanhedrin have Peter arrested again. So Peter and his companion, John, are arrested, and they're put in public jail. It says, so they were publicly arrested and publicly imprisoned. And so then in the middle of the night, an angel appeared and released them from jail, and they were given direct orders from the angel that they are to go to the temple area, in other words, the most public area in Jerusalem, and they're to preach about Jesus. So this is the first time Peter's preached since he was told to not preach by the Sanhedrin. 
So the angel releases them from the jail, and they go and they preach. This is the very act they were warned not to do by the Sanhedrin. And the their imprisonment wasn't due to the preaching. Their imprisonment was due to the jealousy that the Sanhedrin have about the sensational movement that had started in the city of Jerusalem under Peter's leadership. So the council uh, convenes and tells the guard to go get the prisoners. And when the guard goes to get the prisoners, they're not there. And the Sanhedrin find that the prisoners, Peter and John, are in the temple court preaching. And so the Sanhedrin have Peter and John apprehended again so they can interrogate them. And so we find Peter and John standing before the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 5, verse 27. Now, before we even get into the text, the story that got us to the text is important. And there's a key passageway there for us. That the Holy Spirit is leading the church in the book of Acts. And the Holy Spirit is leading the church today. You know, sometimes we're inculcated to begin thinking that the work of the church is our work. It is not. It's the Holy Spirit that's leading the church. Our work isn't to do things for God. Our work is to be obedient and to serve God with deep passion and affection. Now, while power and authority are certainly appealing to all of us at times, notice what the book of Acts is telling us, that the story depicts power and authority as only coming from the Holy Spirit. And when it does not come from the Holy Spirit, it is blinding to people. It's incapacitating. Power and authority keep leaders from seeing the reality that's going on. This is the depiction of the Sanhedrin in this story. It's only with this assumption and truth about the Holy Spirit can the rest of the story begin to make any sense to us at all. So when we arrive at this particular lectionary text for the second Sunday of Easter, it's in verse 27 of Acts chapter 5. It says, when they had brought them, they had them stand before the council, and the high priest interrogated them, saying, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. The Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council that's made up of the priests and the Sadducees, along with the scribes and the Pharisees. All of these groups comprise the Sanhedrin, but it's led by the high priest. They're accused of two things. Number one, disobedience to the prior injunctive to not preach in the name of Jesus any longer. So the high priest says, we told you not to preach in the name of Jesus, yet you've done it. And keep note here is that's not what they were arrested for. The second time they were arrested, they weren't arrested for preaching. They were arrested because of the sensational miracles that were happening through Peter throughout the city. So they're accused first of preaching when they shouldn't have preached, which came after they were released from prison by the angel. And the second thing they're accused of, which is just as important, is that Peter and John are essentially accusing the Sanhedrin of murder 
by telling people that the blood of Jesus is on their hands. So that the charge or the complaint they bring against Peter and John is clear, and it's a threat to the Sanhedrin. The story in Acts tells us that the emerging church is gathering people and popularity at a sensational rate. And Acts tells us stories about people like Peter and John, simple men. These are two men who were fishermen in the Galilee. And women, women who lived on the margins, women who lived on the outskirts of society, women doing great things. And you can read about them all through the book of Acts, about these men and women who came from no background of significance doing amazing things. And so the great men of the day on the Sanhedrin are jealous. They're filled with rage that such amazing things could happen through such simple people. That opens up the key passageway to us about this complaint, and it's this, that sin plays itself out in power, rules, image, and superficiality. You see, the Sanhedrin are consumed with their image and reputation, so that when the Sanhedrin actually tell Peter and John why they're arrested, they don't say, because we're jealous of the sensational popularity you have in Jerusalem because of the miracles being done by your shadow. No, they concoct charges to levy against Peter and John that have nothing to do with what the Sanhedrin are really worried about. Their worry is about the popularity of this movement that the Holy Spirit has ignited. The complaint reveals so much of our own sin as human beings that we seek control, reputation, power, authority. We structure it in the way we govern our organizations. We structure it in the way we go about our daily business. Those who threaten that control, that reputation, that power, only increase in their sin, that, that the Sanhedrin get worse before it gets better. The Sanhedrin wants power. Peter points to power. Well, finally, we land at the response that Peter and John make to these concocted charges by the Sanhedrin. Peter opens his remarks with, with an amazing sentence in the book of Acts, and it will recur throughout the book of Acts. It occurs throughout most of the literature written by the Apostle Paul and the communities of Paul and John throughout the New Testament. Peter says this, We must obey God rather than men. Such a telling statement from Peter. Notice what Peter is doing. Peter is pointing to power, that we must obey God rather than men. So this is the irony of the story. This is the sentence that the Sanhedrin should be saying, that we must obey God rather than men. But instead, Peter's the one saying it. The, the story in Acts 5, beginning at verse 27, is dripping with rich irony. The movement of power in this story is the contrast between those who are supposed to represent that power, that's the Sanhedrin, 
and those who are actually representing power. That would be Peter and John. So Peter, then, of the way Luke tells the story, offers a simple, classic Greek argument about what's going on here. He explains, beginning at verse 30, through the rest of the text that is read, and that ends at verse uh, 32, this, that Peter says first, here's what you did, Sanhedrin. You put Jesus to death on a cross. And then they respond, and then Peter tells them, but this is what God did. God raised up Jesus, and, and this Jesus is exalted, and they use this two labels for Jesus that are really important down there at the, the very uh, last verse, the uh, next last verse of the, the text here in verse 31, that this Jesus is prince and savior, that God has raised up Jesus and exalted him as prince and savior. For Luke, in the way he tells the story of salvation, salvation comes through Jesus. So in the book of Acts, Jesus is always the central figure of the saving act. And so it's the Holy Spirit that's pointing people to salvation that comes from God. And that salvation is found in Jesus. So Peter's argument is simply to say, here's what you did. You put Jesus to death on a cross. And here's what God did. God raised him up and exalted him as prince and savior. And the effect of that is to give repentance and forgiveness to people. Repentance and forgiveness. It's fascinating in the story that at no point does Peter say that God raised up Jesus, exalted him as prince and savior, and now he stands in condemning judgment over you, Sanhedrin, for what you've done. No, no, no. Peter says that the effect of what God has done through what the Sanhedrin have done is to bring repentance and forgiveness. And so then Peter simply says this, well, what we do is we're witnesses to that. We're witnesses to the work of the Holy Spirit to lead people to repentance. He says in verse 32, and we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Wow. They, they simply repeat the Christian message in front of the Sanhedrin and basically tells religious leaders to be religious. It's a remarkable story and it's a remarkable episode. It opens up such an important key passageway for us and it's this, that the best witness points to the truth and is never an imposter for it. You know, Peter's message points to the opportunity for repentance and forgiveness. So the, the preaching of the gospel, in a sense, to the Sanhedrin is that you are the ones that did this to Jesus and conspired with the Romans to do so. But God's response to you doing that is to offer you repentance and forgiveness. Peter's message points to that opportunity for repentance and forgiveness. What he accuses the Sanhedrin of is based in fact. It's undisputed. It's not questionable that it's the Sanhedrin who conspired with the Romans that put Jesus to death. What Peter points to is the Spirit's work and presence in the very midst of the Sanhedrin and in the midst of the world. The contrast is rich. The Sanhedrin function as religious imposters. Peter stands in service to the Spirit as a witness. Imposter, 
witness. That's the key passageway for us. And that God has called us to be witnesses who point to the truth of God in Jesus Christ. And that we're never to be an imposter for it. That's it for this week. If you have comments or reflections, I invite you to visit my website, revcraig.com. That's revcraig.com. In the upper right corner of the website, you'll see a menu that says news. If you click on it and go down to podcasts, and then you'll go to the podcast page, you'll see all the episodes that are there. Click on an episode, and at the bottom of the page, feel free to leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. For now, I bid you all grace. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.